Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Uh, here we go on a Sunday. It is The Marcus Warren Show, the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region. I am your host, financial advisor, tax lawyer, agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello, and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up, all you have to do is go to the Marcus Warren Show podcast. And you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement and rescue game plan. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is that retirement and rescue game plan? And if you find yourself asking that question, it's probably because you don't listen enough because we give it away every show. So the retirement <laughs> rescue game plan is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg. And you will get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Now, you also may be asking yourself, how do I get that? Well, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. You go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. Warren wealth.net. All right. So, um, it's been very, very hot lately. We're finally, uh, hitting the eighties and the nineties, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, I hate sweating. I hate humidity. I hate it all. And, uh, I'm really not uh, enjoying myself in this heat. What about you, D? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Upper eighties, nineties, that's just too hot. It's just too hot. Actually, upper 70s, it gets a little too warm. <laughs> a little me. too warm, yeah. 72, yeah. 73, perfect. But anything. Uh, yeah, that's not Kentucky that. summer, though. I know, unfortunately, it's not. So I uh, guess I'm packing my bag going to San Diego. You coming along? Yes. I'm Maybe. down. Oh, Let's there go. You go. There you go. Moving the show let's to San it. Diego. Anyway. Okay. Let's we, got get that in. In, we got that in writing, right? Okay, yes. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> Verbal agreement. Uh, not. Anyway. Let's get into Money Matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, All right. So today I want to talk about retirement income planning. But first, let's talk about uh, mountain climbing for a minute. So now I know you're probably scratching your head thinking, uh, uh, isn't what does retirement planning have to do with mountain climbing or vice versa? What does mountain climbing have to do with retirement planning? Well, just uh, bear with me for uh, a moment. So back in 2001, 22 years ago now, right? Yeah, 22 years ago, um, I read about a gentleman named uh, Eric uh, Wehenmeyer, and he was the first blind person to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Um, and I was fairly inspired, so um, I began to research what it would take to conquer uh, Everest, to conquer the mountain, and this is what I found out. So we all know that it takes a high level of commitment, uh, time, uh, and you have to study to prepare to make the trek up the mountain, right? 
Um, did you know the average trip cost about $65,000? And in some instances, it can cost over $100,000. And of course, yes, you can do it for less, but in the world of um, in the world of high stakes mountain climbing, as you climb into the death zone, do you really want the cheapest route? Do you really want to have the cheapest Sherpa or the cheapest guide guide you up that mountain? Probably not. And then I found out that it takes about two or three months just to get to the top or get to the summit. Now, um, of course, you have to uh, train and spend money to attempt uh, to conquer Everest and uh, you can make it to the top, right? And a lot of people have made it to the top. And once you've made it to the top, you've already accomplished something that most people wouldn't even try. However, even if you make it to the summit, to the top of that mountain, the next statistic that I'm about to share with you, it shocked me the most. Here you go. Are you ready for it? Pregnant pause here. 80% of the accidents that occur when climbing Mount Everest, it happens on the way down. Yes, on the way down. That means despite overcoming all those unbelievable odds, the uh, below freezing temperatures, uh, a lack of oxygen as you go higher and higher. Uh, of course, I, I would assume you would be uh, massively fatigued and tired. Almost all of the deaths and accidents occur after the climber reaches the top or the summit. So what does that have to do with retirement planning? Well, if you think about retirement planning, like climbing Mount Everest, we spend most of our time going up the mountain, right? This ascent, if you will, in mountain, time, in mountain climbing is really basically the accumulation phase of retirement planning. And when you're going up that mountain, you are concerned, a retirement mountain now, you are concerned about or should be concerned about the return on your money, right? Because you're working for an employer who is giving you a paycheck and you're just putting money into your retirement accounts, right? Your IRAs, your 401ks, your 403bs. And you're just plugging money in and putting money in as you're going up that mountain, right? Just trying to accumulate money. And you're concerned about the return uh, on your investment. You want it to go up and up and up. And by the way, the stock market, as you're going up the retirement mountain, is doing what the stock market does. It's going up, it's going down, it's going up, it's going down. But you don't care because... You're working and you're in that accumulation phase. Matter of fact, even if the market goes down, that's good for you because now you are buying low, which you were taught to do, just plugging money in. Now, as you build up your retirement assets during that working career, the ascent up the mountain, 30 to 40 years, then you finally reach the peak. You finally reach the summit. And now it's time to descend down the mountain, a.k.a the distribution phase of retirement, right? And that is when, if you don't have a proper plan, if you don't have a proper system in place, things tend to go wrong for a lot of retirees. Similar to the accidents that I said that occur on the way down Mount Everest to the climbers, the same thing happens to retirees. Let me explain. So, you make it to the summit. Things transition. 
just like I was said, you sh- just like I said earlier, on the way up, you should be more concerned about the return on your investment. Now, on the way down, you should be more concerned about the return of your investment that is there and you're able to use it in retirement. Remember when you were getting that paycheck from the employer because you were working, got that paycheck every couple of weeks or so? That stops. Now you are responsible for that paycheck. And as you're going down the mountain, the stock market, by the way, is going up and down, doing what it always does, up and down, up and down, up and down. However, now you are pulling money out of your investments. So now when the stock market goes down, ooh, that can hurt a lot more. Because say the stock market is down 10%, and say you're taking out 4% of your retirement funds, now your account values are down 14%. And then the next year you still need that distribution, right? And that can hurt. So it does change things up. So it basically occurred to me that when it comes to retirement planning, we spend and expend so much energy in that accumulation phase that we forget that eventually we're going to make it to the peak, we're going to make it to the summit, and we have to start to descend. And most people forget about the descent down that retirement mountain. You know, too often uh, all of our thought processes lie in building up our nest eggs, building up our nest eggs, not in the plans for distributing those eggs, causing a lot of retirees to have those accidents on the way down. And so when, when you think about uh, retirement planning and you think about, uh, you know, your plan or your lack thereof a plan, uh, as you descend down that retirement mountain, there's a lot of things to think about. Uh, let me list some of those things. One is social security, right? When are you going to take social security? Um, if you have a spouse, how can you coordinate uh, ways to, to, to maximize that, that Social Security? Uh, what about health care? What about Medicare, right? Medicare, Medicare planning. What about the supplements? What's part A, part B, part A, B, uh, part C, D, E, F, G, uh, X, Y, double Z? You know, what about all of that? You need to have a plan for that. What about taxes, right? Taxes are a big, big expense once you retire. A lot of times you think you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. Unfortunately, that's a myth. A lot of times you end up paying more taxes when you retired uh, than when you were working, right? What else do we have here? Income planning. I'm talking about income planning. Where is income going to come from? Do you have enough money to retire to pull that income from? Uh, And then what about that stock market, right? I said the market goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. However... How much risk do you have in your portfolio? How much are your investments going to be affected if the stock market does go down? There's a recession supposedly on the way. Are you, re- are you prepared? Are those who are retired or about to retire, have you thought about that? Retirement is also about uh, timing, Right? What do I mean by timing? Well, if you retired uh, at, uh, in 2007, right, thinking you had a pretty good nest egg, the very next year the market was cut in half. And you may have had a decision to make. Retire with less or continue working. Or if you happen to retire in 2010, the market has just gone up and up and up since then. And you just happen to 
be lucky with your timing. So there's a lot of thought systems and processes that you have to think about as you enter into retirement. And if you don't, you can find yourself like the 80% of people who are going down Mount Everest and fall into an accident uh, and get hurt. And what do you need to mitigate and help you down that mountain? You need a good retirement Sherpa, right? A retirement guide to assist you down that mountain so you don't hit the pitfalls that a lot of retirees do. Think about it. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk taxes. That's right, taxes. It's not a game. It's not a game. We're going to talk about taxes. And even when you retire, those taxes are still there. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. When I met you in the summer, to my heartbeat sound, we fell in love. All right. As the leaves turn Fitting. Down. Yeah, we got uh, Summer. And we could be this together, is, baby. of course, Calvin Harris, and the song is Summer. There you go. This song came out in 2014. Number seven in the U.S., number one in the U.K. So, uh, pretty big hit. It's almost ten years ago. I know. Long time. Time flies, I'm Insane. telling you. Yeah, they still play this out in uh, Vegas at those uh, day clubs and night clubs still. Okay. You know, you know. The crescendo hits and everybody starts Here jumping comes. around and splashing Here around. Comes. It's insane. Jeez. That's <laughs> called when the beat drops right. for those uh, baby boomers out there. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you, you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. And that retirement rescue game plan will help, will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg. And we're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. All right, so I said um, that we are going to talk about taxes. So... So let's jump into uh, tax talk. So um, one of the things uh, that uh, happens when, or one of the myths, I should say, that uh, is out there is that you're going to be in a lower tax bracket once you retire. And um, that myth, however, is a myth because it is not true. We have been working with retirees uh, for over 20 years now, and uh, we are... um, also tax specialist, uh, tax and road agents, tax strategist. And uh, one thing we have noticed and uh, the one reason our business has grown here is because most retirees figure out uh, that myth early on that, hey, wait a minute, I, th- I thought I was supposed to be in a lower tax bracket, uh, but I'm paying more taxes uh, than I was when I was working. And, um, you know, we uh, basically try to mitigate some of those uh, higher taxes in retirement but taxes don't go away. People think that once you stop getting that income from that employer, that, uh, that, in, that, that tax goes away. When unfortunately, it does not. So what I want to do is I want to highlight, uh, I guess, the top 10 taxes that are out there. 
you know, uh, the top ten list. Um, kind of like David Letterman. David Letterman used to have a top ten list. Ooh. Did you ever watch David Just Letterman? Kidding. Yes, oh. um, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's been he's been gone for a while, but. Uh, Anyway, top 10 taxes that are still um, out there uh, once you retire. If I leave anything out, uh, I'm sure you'll uh, uh, jump in. correct me and, and jump in. So I um, wish we had a, uh, oh, like a little sound to go with everything, but we don't. Anyway, so um, you got the uh, Social Security tax, right, or that mailbox money tax. Um, so once you retire uh, and you become of a certain age, 62 is the earliest, um, you can start taking Social Security. Now, nothing says a happy retirement than figuring out once you retire that your Social Security is taxable. That's right. Your Social Security benefits can be taxable. If you are over certain thresholds of what's called provisional income, Uncle Sam wants his cut. Now, how much of that income is, how much of the, your Social Security uh, can be taxable? Well, up to 85% of your Social Security benefits can become taxable. And you may say, Marcus, how's that? I paid into this program. It came out of my check. Um, all 30, 40 years I was working. And now you're telling me when I start to get some of my money back that I put away, uh, the government is going to take some of it. And the answer is yes. Yes, they, they will. And yes, they can. And uh, a lot of retirees don't think about that Social Security tax or the mailbox money tax. All right. So what other taxes are out there? And what other taxes can you pay? Well, how about the, uh, the home sweet home tax? Right now, aka property taxes. So you and your wife and your spouse, whomever that is, you may have retired from the work life, but you know what hasn't retired? Your house. But Marcus, my house is paid off. So it's still working. Technically, it's still on the job. Earning that property tax bill that you get each and every year. So you're still paying property tax. What about uh, the geography tax? Well, what's the geography tax? Well, that is called your state income tax. You still have to pay your state income tax. Now, deciding on where you retire can be different. So, you know, if you retire in Alaska, you know, South Dakota, uh, Wyoming, Washington State, you won't have no taxes. If you uh, retire in Florida, Nevada, Texas, you won't have any tax, state taxes either. But other than those seven states that I named, you're going to still have that state tax. So you have to think about that. Still have to pay the state tax. That's the geography tax. There you go. Um, all right. So uh, let's talk about the uh, you're, we're in it for the long haul tax. What's that? Well, you know when uh, the market goes up and then it goes down, and then when it goes down, you call your broker and you're thinking about uh, getting out of, say, you have Amazon stock, right? And what does your broker generally stay, say to you? He says, you know what? We are in it for the long haul. Not sure if you should sell, right? You're in it for the long haul. So what is the long haul? The long haul is generally, uh, well, based on um, uh, the IRS, the long haul is 12 plus months, over 12 months. And so what happens if you don't listen to your broker and you say, you know what, I really don't want to be in it for the long haul. Um, I want to get out. 
um, and I want to sell my stock. Okay, I've had it for 13 months. I had it for 13 years. You know what you're going to have to pay? Long-term capital gains tax, right? Sold some investments. Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam is going to say, wow, that's impressive. Now hand over a piece of the profits. He wants his cut. Now, if you're not in it for the long haul and you jump out uh, in less than 12 months of any kind of investment, Uncle Sam still wants his cut, but he wants a bigger slice of it and he will take it out. Uh, and that uh, short-term capital gains are taxed at ordinary income rates. So you still have that tax. What other taxes do you have? Uh, you have the every penny counts tax. Now, what is the every penny counts tax? Well, if you have a savings account, CD, any other investments that earn interest or dividends, you've got to pay your tax. A matter of fact, even if you take the income or not from those savings, CDs, investment accounts, dividends, interest, you still have to pay a tax every year. Most people are familiar with a 1099, right? What's a 1099? It's the love letter that you get from the government saying, hey, you made some money and we're going to tax it. So you still have to pay those taxes, those 1099 taxes each and every year. All right, let's talk about more taxes. What about the tax for keeping the lights on, right? And this is what people don't think about. These next couple of taxes I'm going to talk about people really don't think about. Keeping the lights on tax. What tax is that? Utilities, right? Even in retirement, you got to pay to keep the water running and you got to pay to keep the lights on. So you're still paying those utility taxes. All right. Well, what other taxes do you have to pay? How about uh, the Sunday drive tax? You know, a.k.a. your vehicle and the gasoline tax, right? You're like, but Marcus, I don't commute to my job anymore. But every Sunday drive you take to church, Sunday drive you take to the supermarket, every trip to the store, yep, still taxed. Going to have to pay that tax. Let's keep this going. Let's keep this ball going. You know, I know most of you are like, oh, no, there can't be any more taxes, Marcus. I thought, hey, I'm retired. There's still more taxes I have to pay. Yep, how about the uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch tax, a.k.a. sales tax, right? Even if you're retired, Uncle Sam still wants a piece of any, of any time you spend your money. You go out for lunch, you're going to be taxed. Uh, you buy a new golf club, you're going to be taxed. Uh, you go out uh, and buy a, uh, a new fancy outfit, right, some slacks and a blouse, you're taxed. There's that consumption tax, sales tax, all right? Matter of fact, here in Kentucky, it is 5%, if I'm correct, 5% sales tax, and my uh, fact checker will check that out for us. But I think you're paying, you know, five or so percent on every dollar that you spend. Six. Six percent. Oh, it's gone up. There it goes. It's gone up. It's even higher mm. than that. There you go. Um, and then you have the it's five o'clock somewhere tax, right? AKA excise taxes or the sin tax, right? So if uh, you like to uh, toss it up a little bit, you know, drink some of the bubbly. 
some of the hard stuff. We're here in bourbon, bourbon land. You like your bourbon, your margaritas, the tequila, a good uh, beer, or heck, we're here in Kentucky, tobacco country. If you'd like to tote a little bit on the cancer stick, tax. You're taxed on that too. Higher rates, excise tax, right? You've earned your leisure time, but that doesn't mean the tax man isn't coming to the party. He's going to take it. And then, of course, lastly, you have the last laugh tax. (laughs) The giggle tax, right? A.K.A. estate and, in some cases, inheritance taxes. As it turns out, Uncle Sam, a.k.a. the tax man, a.k.a. Uncle Jimmy, although no one's called him that, his reach extends beyond the grave, right? And what do they say? When you die, you can't take it with you, but the government will take some off of the top. They're going to take it. At least a little bit, they're going to get it. So there you go, folks. Taxes do not go away once you retire. You may not be taxed on income because you're not, or uh, your labor because you're not laboring anymore. But Uncle Sam is still going to get his. If you don't have a tax strategy or a tax plan, don't have a full retirement plan. We can help. All right, there you go. Coming up next, we're going to answer your emails and we'll get into some more taxes with D's Tax Corner. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Drums, please. All right. Got a nice summertime theme going. So this is uh, summertime. By DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And this uh, came out 1991. Okay, wow. Number four in the U.S., number eight in the U.K. Big hit, big hit back in the day. This is the heyday of the Fresh Prince? No, this is actually when um, this like uh, revitalized, because DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, they... Um, uh, they were big in the mid to late 80s, but then kind of fell off. And there's a good story behind this in Will Smith's uh, memoir about um, how they came up with the song and all that. But this basically threw them out there. Okay. Became a big summertime, yeah. and I love this song. Anyway, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. In that retirement rescue game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. You go there, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. Now, time to get in to some emails. Yes, it's email, email time. It's time to check the mail. I 
listeners, if you have a question for Marcus, just visit warrenwealth.net and click on the Ask Marcus button to submit your question. If it's a good one, we'll read it on the show. Once again, go to warrenwealth.net, click on the Ask Marcus button, send us your questions. First one today is going to come from Barbara. She says, I've been taking my RMD for about two years now. RMD is that that required minimum distribution that you have to take out of your IRA 401k accounts. She says, I don't know what to do with the money. I have a pension and Social Security. That's nice. And I find myself unnecessarily spending money just because it's in my bank account. What options do I have for my RMD? Man, I want to have that problem. I do too, Barbara. You can uh, send that over to me. I, I can find a good way to, to spend that <laughs> RMD money. Um, I got four kids. I, you know, I have to, uh, two in college and well, one in grad school, one in college and two, you know, um, going to private school. Um, send that to me, Barbara. No, seriously, Barbara. But there are, um, um, you know, a, a few things um, that you can do with it. Of course, just like D said, RMDs are required minimum distribution. Basically, um, if you have money in a tax deferred account, company retirement plan, IRA, Uncle Sam uh, is basically saying, you know what, I've given you that tax deferral way too long. Um, I want my cut. Uh, when you reach a certain age, uh, you uh, are going to have to have to take it out, whether you need it or not, because I am I want my cut. That's what uh, the government is saying. And so what options do you have for that? So um, let me give you, well, first of all, you can always just reinvest that money. You can take it out, find, um, you know, another investment. And, you know, after it's taxed, you can uh, have it go to work for you if you don't need it um, and invest it, you know, continue to invest it long term. Um, uh, Some tax favorable things that that you can do. Um, Number one, is if you have charitable uh, inclinations, uh, you can take that RMD, RMD and you can send it straight to your favorite church or charity and you're not even taxed on that required minimum distribution. And that is called a qualified, qualified. charitable Dist- distribution. That's distribution. That's it. There you go. Um, QCD. Yep, QCD. So you can do that. Um, and then if we want to get into the estate planning portion of it, you can take that RMD um, and you can use it to fund, uh, you know, some, some life insurance or insurance product for uh, your heirs or, you know, even you can make a beneficiary, uh, another church or charity or something like that. And basically you're doing the, what, the way you, the reason you would do that is because, you know, you're basically uh, buying a tax-free benefit for, um, your heirs, because life insurance or death pro death proceeds, uh, that death benefit is income tax free to uh, those beneficiaries. So um, that's another way that you could uh, spend those those RMDs. So a lot of different things you can do um, if you um, have uh, any other questions, any other options, want to dive into some of the things I talked about. All you have to do is uh, give our office a call or go to WarrenWealth.net. What else we got? Okay. Mike <laughs> says, how do I know when I've saved enough to retire? I had planned on retiring at the beginning of this year, but decided to work another six months. Now my retirement accounts are down, and I think I need to continue working. How do I decide when to finally retire? Wow. That is a... Uh, a million-dollar question. It is. It is. And by the way, you don't need a million dollars to retire, but it is, it is the... Uh, 
million dollar question. So what, 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 what happens is this, is we've been kind of told um, all our lives that there's a number you need to have when you're looking to retire, um, whether it's $500,000, a million dollars, $2 million, you just have to have some sort of, an, uh, of number or amount you need to retire. Now, I push against that, push back against that because retirement is all about income. It's income that's going to last throughout your retirement and it's income that is going to keep up with the cost of inflation. So, like I said, I've been doing this for over 20 years now and I have seen uh, people who have huge nest eggs who, uh, if they were to retire, that nest egg would be depleted fairly quickly because they have high expenses. Now, conversely, I've seen retirees who, uh, who, who you would say don't have as much, but they don't have uh, all these expenses, so their nest egg is going to last as long as they do. So it's about income. So how can you reverse engineer your way into knowing how much money you need um, in retirement? And that is basically looking at uh, really coming up with a budget. What um, are you going to, what lifestyle do you want in retirement? What are you going to be spending money on? How much do you want to leave to your heirs, kids, grandkids, whomever, right? You have to determine that and then start working your way uh, into figuring out how much income you need. Then you need to look at your guaranteed income streams. So guaranteed income streams starts with Social Security. Most people who have worked a long time are eligible for Social Security, um, and you need to figure out how much that will be, and then see uh, if, though, if that will cover your expenses. If you're lucky enough to have a pension, same thing. That's guaranteed income. So you got your pension plus Social Security, guaranteed income stream, then you have your lifestyle or your other expenses. Generally, there's maybe a gap between that. So how do you fill that gap? That is when you look at what you saved in your retirement plan. So if you are, um, if you have a pretty big gap, then you need to figure out how much you can pull from that retirement account and look at your life expectancy. And then you can kind of come up with the income you need because that's what it's about the income you're going to need in retirement. Yes, you do have to have a nest egg, but how much nest egg, I don't know. We would have to, you would have to come into the office and we can kind of uh, do what I just said, reverse engineer our way into uh, what you would need to fill that gap. But don't get caught up, and you listeners out there, don't get too caught up on this uh, number that you need, this amount that you need, um, and think of it from an income standpoint. Really? Think about this. It's not about what you make or what you have. It's about what you are going to keep in all facets of, facets of life from um, if, you, if you have a, a, a pretty good salary, how much expenses do you have? How much are you able to keep? Same with retirement. You may have a big nest egg, but when you go through your expenses, how much are you going to have? How much are you going to keep? That is what is important. There you go. That's a, it's a big decision to make going into retirement. And I think, you know, um, even going over the numbers, I think some people still end up being fearful of, of spending their nest egg even when they can yes. um, because it, it's just this kind of fear of running out um, and this weird transition from, you know, having that employer fund your, fund your basically your life to, um, to now you have to 
figure out how much you can take out and are you going to run out and should you, you know, make these decisions to buy this big purchase or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I think that that's the, um, it's interesting because when we are doing income planning for our clients, um, you know, we have, um, you know, run our analysis and, and, and income calculations and um, have basically um, told people, hey, you're fine. You're going to be able to spend money. You're going to be able to take your cruises, go on your trips, do whatever. And they're still nervous about spending the money mm-hmm. because they've saved and saved and saved. And once you start spending money, sometimes you can start to see that deplete a little bit, even though you know it's going to last through your retirement. And you're even going to be able to give some to the kids or grandkids. But... It's a mental block sometimes that uh, they need to get over. It's interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. Anyway, coming up next, um, news you can use, news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. All right. Now, to continue the summer theme, this is Summer in the City. Okay, fitting. (laughs) By The Loving Spoonful. All right. Um, Big hit, of course. Came out in 1966. Number one in the U.S., number eight in the U.K. Okay. So. Good hit. Big hit. Good stuff. I love the names of like 60s and 70s bands. The Love and Spoonful. (laughs) That's insane. All right, welcome back to the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan, which includes a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. That retirement rescue game plan can be ordered by going to warrenwealth.net warrenwealth.net put in your information and it will be delivered free of charge to your front door a lot of good stuff in there speaking of good stuff let's get into some news you can use well apple partnered with goldman sachs in april to launch a savings account and now some customers are saying that it's been hard to get their money out So the Apple savings account attracted people searching for yield, paid 4.15% interest rate with deposits held by Goldman Sachs. Uh, And Goldman also issued Apple's credit card, which consumers um, had to sign up for in order to open up the savings account. But customers say they're having trouble getting money um, out of their Apple accounts, some transfers taking several weeks to move back out uh, from the savings account. Yes. And now, of course, on brand new accounts like Apple's transfers that make up a large share of the overall balance could trigger anti-money laundering alerts. Um, And then it's also a red flag if you deposit into the savings account from one bank and then try to send it to another bank. Um, It just throws up a red flag to the bank, uh, just, I guess, for fraud protection. But to me, it's interesting that this came out in April. Everybody jumped all over it because it was touted as this, this you know, great thing, 4% interest, blah, blah, blah. And, and two months later, they're already trying to take it out. You didn't yeah. earn 4% in two months. Yeah. It's an annual yield. Yeah, that's um, uh, called uh, U.S. The story consumer of <laughs> banking. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah, I mean, you run to the yield, you run to that 4%, and most people um, 
all of a sudden, yeah, they 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 want their money. By the way, people, it's four percent APR. You know what APR stands for? <clears throat> annual percentage rate, yield. Annual annual percentage rate. That's what an APR is. So if you take it out in two months, you didn't even get near four percent. But that's the nature. Yeah, it's like I bonds last year. Remember, I bonds were this big thing last well, year those where you have to, well, everybody wanted to jump to. on. Yes, yeah. and you got to hold those for a while before but, you get penalized. By the way, I have an Apple Card. Mm-hmm. I have not been able to sign up. I, I you've got to sign up. For, oh, you sign up for the Apple credit card first in order to get the savings account. No, and I've, now they I've, won't I've, let ha- you? I've had an Apple Card for uh huh a while, three years now. Okay, um, but. <clears throat> yeah, if somebody from Goldman Sachs is listening, help us out. Well, I'm looking now. Like, well, you can't do it on the app, obviously. I don't know. Maybe I have to go to Apple Bank. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Is Golden, so you go, do you go to Goldman Sachs? I don't know. It's just, it, Goldman Sachs is holding the deposits, but See? I don't know how you sign up. That's the problem. Mm. They make it too difficult. Mm. Mm. All right. I'm staying at U.S. Bank. All right. <laughs> U.S. job openings climbed in April and layoffs fell. Employers reported a uh, seasonally ad- adjusted 10.1 million job openings in April. The Labor Department um, uh, said, which is up from March, um, and job job openings are um, well above the fi- just 5.7 million people looking for work. So unemployment low, job openings are high, uh, still labor shortage. Um, when, when are, when is this, what's happening? What's, what's up with the economy? Uh, you know, that's, that's a good question. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, that's why this, you know, so-called recession that we've been waiting on, um, you know, has still, is still put off. One is because there's never been a recession with this low unemployment mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it is, uh, tough for a lot of employers who are looking to hire to, to get employees. I mean, um, my son just got a job at Kroger for the summer and you know he's making like 16.50 an mm-hmm. hour so you wages know, have gone up wages, yeah you know that's, that's mm-hmm. a good thing some wages have gone up and uh you know you got to do whatever you can to entice you know employees to to, to come work and um you know the uh the economy has been resilient mm-hmm. the American consumer has been resilient yes um however I think that you know as the national savings rates starts to go down, meaning that, um, you know, people uh, had uh, a lot in their savings account back when money was free and when people got those uh, COVID payments. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the last uh, two or three years, those, um, that money has started to deplete. And I think once uh, uh, that money starts to get low and we get back to our negative savings rate, that uh, we've had in America for a long time or uh, consumers have had in America for a long time, that's when, uh, you know, we might start to see cracks and that's when that recession that we've been waiting on for the last six months may happen. Not that I'm rooting for a recession. I don't want one to happen, but um, we'll see what happens. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, all this debt ceiling talk before they finally passed, passed the bill, you know, all the fear that, that the media touted about, are, are they going to do it? Are we going to default? I'm sure that's kind of, you know, scared people into maybe not spending a little bit um, towards the end of May, but consumer spending still high. People are traveling. People are going to concerts. It's, you, it's, you, I mean, you, you have to block out the noise. You know, so far, the, the Dow Jones is up year-to-date. S&P is up year to date. Russell 2000 is up year to date. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens the second part of the year. But 
So far, yeah. so good. Okay. All right, let's do one more. Well, the IRS has quietly built its own prototype system to allow Americans to file tax returns digitally and free of charge, according to three current and former agency officials, basically creating a government software to file your taxes. The system will be available through a pilot program for a small group of taxpayers when the 2024 filing season begins. Uh, it was developed by the IRS and the U.S. Digital Service, which is the White House's technology consulting agency. Um, last year's Inflation Reduction Act included $15 million for the IRS to look into a direct filing program. Um, currently, if the IRS does refer you out if you want to file your return for free uh, to other uh, public companies uh, who don't want you to file for free, basically. All right. Um, okay. This is mm-hmm. not going to work. Oh, no. I think, I mean, it, Are it's, you kidding? It, it's good that it's out there. I mean, other countries, you know, you don't even have to file a tax return, right? They, they send it to you. They basically just tell you what you need to pay and, and what it is. they do it yourself. Now, let me tell you why, um, you know, the government doing free tax returns will never work. Because we do not trust our government. <laughs> we don't. That's true. We don't trust our government to do the right thing, you know, to, um, you know, pay down a debt, to come to uh, a consensus, to be bipartisan. We don't trust them at all. So what makes you think that someone, and some people will, but the majority of Americans will trust them to do their tax return for them? I don't think it's going to be a big a big hit. Especially so with the complexity that comes with our tax code. Right. We are There already I mean, are free filing options and do-it-yourself options, uh, but people don't. Uh, util- I mean, people don't. P- some people, like you said, do, but the majority of people utilize, go to a professional, they don't do it yourself, and they don't utilize the free offerings because, like that's you free. Said, hey, you, you know what? You know what, people? You get what you pay for. <laughs> you sure. get what you pay for. And, you know, being, being a, a, an, an enrolled agent uh, and a tax planner and strategist, you know, we know that the tax code is 70 pages, 70,000 pages. Um, and there's a lot of green lights and there's a lot of red lights. When we're doing tax planning for clients, we're looking at the green lights, things that are above board and legal but can save you money in taxes. Now, do you think some stodgy IRS agent is looking to find you tax breaks. And by the way, it's going to need to give you tax planning tips on how to save money next year. The answer is no, people. They are not. This is going to uh, be a, uh, a fail, yet another fail for the government. Now, for people who want, want, want have to have the government do it for free, fantastic. But it's not like droves of people are going to be lining up at the IRS office for free tax returns. Anyway. Thank you for that news you can use and people want more people just don't want the news they can use they also want the news they can't use so the city of kyle texas is holding a kyle fair hoping to break the world record for the largest same-name gathering. A bunch of Kyles. Yes. In Kyle, Texas, a bunch of Kyles. A bunch of Kyles. Whether you're Kyle Lowry, Kyle Richards, (laughs) Kyle Schwarber, all Kyles are welcome, as long as you spell it K-Y-L-E. Oh, so it can't be one of these... uh, 
Can't be uh, you know, C-H-I, nope, K-Y-L-E. Kyle, Texas. Fun fact, the world record for the largest same-name gathering is currently held by a city in my neck of the woods in Bosnia for the largest gathering of people named Ivan. Ivan. 2,325 people. That's it. Well, that's a lot of people for Bosnia, Bosnia, okay? Look, it's it's a small country. A lot of people named Ivan broke the world record in 2017, and now Kyle is uh, attempting to usurp that throne with the largest uh, Kyle gathering in Kyle, Texas. So if your name is Kyle and you want to break the world record... And head, you live near Kyle, Texas. Kyle. By the way, Kyle, Texas is uh, in a pretty decent location. It, it's um, uh, south of Austin, north of San Antonio. So it, it, it's kind of there. Uh, it's closer to Austin, and Austin is a great, great city. So uh, I expect that fake world w- record to be broken. Um, and if it's not broken in Kyle, just if your name is Austin, go to Austin. There well, you yeah, go. Why don't you do that? Dallas. Go yeah, to Dallas. I'm sure there's a lot of Dallases. That's uh, Unfortunately, there are. <laughs> See? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, thank you, D, for that news you can't use. And uh, we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on the Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.